I wanted to tell you, I've been seeing polar bears everywhere and I thought of a post that I could do, which is put the pictures up. They're everywhere. And then hashtag representation matters. Listen. Is that funny or is it? Yes. No, you need to leave that in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I really did start seeing polar bears everywhere. It has been a season. I've hugged my son. I hugged my son, but I wanted to hug your son. Oh, goodness. I've cried about our future. I had complicated feelings and arguments about marching in a pandemic. And I literally tried to meditate away reality. I read some books. I got my senator on speed dial. But still, there is so much more work to do. That's why we're back. And this is Your Neighbor's Hood. The The Season season of of Solutions. Solutions. With Hannah and Jackie. Like there's no polar bear hate. We're just saying that the environment and climate has more, it's more to it than just the 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 cute animals that you know can can we can we be cute animals as humans too (laughs) we're not polarizing around polar bears (laughs) (laughs) yes but we are pushing for solutions (laughs) so just to recap what i think i've learned this month Mm -hmm. You said when we started talking about this that environment wasn't something that was really on your radar. No. No. And environment was way more on my radar before racial justice mm-hmm. came, pushed its way to the forefront. And now I feel so grateful that there's an all-encompassing term <laughs> of intersectional environmentalism because they can't be teased apart. Right. I'm with you in that I think it is a beautiful thing to have us talking about the crossroads of all these different things. I just never, just in the grand scheme of things, I really don't think I ever thought about how these systems work, right? Like how these systems work around the everyday life, around the fact that like, I lived in a neighborhood that was in between two railroad tracks. Like literally at one end of my block was a railroad track and at the other end of my block was another railroad track. Like that didn't even click to me until we started having these conversations. And I think that because we took this this opportunity, this this season to really think about solutions, it makes you drive towards action. But I think as you drive toward action, you start seeing more problems. <laughs> what are yeah. we going to fix? What are we going to fix? Yeah. What are we going to fix? And I just never saw that as a problem until I realized the actions that needed to be taken because we're doing this season of solution, because we're being intentional about looking at all the things that racism has influenced, right? That likes it, all the things. And it's just... It, it, it almost feels like a never ending list, but I'm I'm so grateful that, you know, that we took time to sit down with somebody to, to like Kim Setter to, to really break down what that what that looks like in work, in everyday work um, and walking ourselves towards what that looks like in our daily work. And so I think it's here we are. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. In a sense. And I think it made me realize uh, how much of a privilege it is to be able to have the luxury to care about environment, environmental concerns. 
It means that you have to have basic needs met. It means you have to have time and maybe even financial resources. A lot of times there are things, there are options that are more environmentally friendly or sustainable. And guess what? Usually they're more expensive. So there's also this wealth gap to be able to make a choice for certain items. Then also, despite all these obstacles, there have been lots of people of color, specifically women of color, and specifically we've mentioned some black women who have been there, who are doing this work, who are overcoming these obstacles, and yet their their message doesn't get included in mainstream media, mm-hmm. and their names are obscured and not lifted up like some of the other white counterparts. Mm. That's a fact, because I truly believe that had I seen people that look like me doing this work, there would have been some value placed in it. Hmm. Seriously. I mean, you've introduced me to so many specifically black women and not indigenous women, women that are doing this work because they know how great of an influence it's had on on our lives. Right. Like, why is asthma such a big deal in the black community? I'm, I'm almost a little shocked, Hannah. Like, I'm not, I don't know if I want to say the word shock, but I'm almost a little, I feel like, dang, like, how come? Why did it take this long to walk to this? Why did it even take me to be in my late 30s to figure out that, the, hey, the environment affects you too? It ain't just a white folks thing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, there's no shame in it, but I'm like, I imagine what level of activism that would have incited in young kids Mm -hmm. Um, and thinking, thinking about how you were talking about the anxiety. What did you call it? The, I don't know. I don't know what the exact term, but there is a thing where young people have an environmental anxiety, actually a protest that I went to with mothers out front. Mm -hmm. There were, it was led by students Mm -hmm. And many of them took the mic and tearfully said, I don't know if I'm going to get a choice about whether or not I can have children. (laughs) And these are, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old girls thinking that thought. Mm. So what does that mean for me and my daughter? Do I get to be a grandmother? Is are we going to have a livable climate to support that life? Yeah. Don't know. And that impacts everyone. And first and foremost, it's going to impact communities of color. Yeah. Mm. But this is this is what we're passing on. However, however, there are champions, and I'm actually really revved up. It's a dark, dismal <laughs> picture, and 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 by all means, it's depressing and anxiety provoking. But um, there are great champions out there, and we have a lot of solutions. Today. Yes. Be not discouraged. Walk into yes. the light of this episode. I watched a documentary which introduced me to a woman that I just have to mention before we move on. Winona LaDuke. She is an American economist, environmentalist, writer, and industrial hemp grower. She's known for her work on tribal land claims and preservation as well as sustainable development. The documentary that I watched about her is called First Daughter and the Black Snake. 
And she, along with the Indigo Girls, have an organization called Honor the Earth, which fights pipelines. And so you can go to honorearth.org to check out more of what she's doing. And I definitely recommend that documentary about her. There's, she's got a lot of books out, too. She was on the ticket running for vice president along with Ralph Nader. So she's been... She's been, been here. She's been bubbling yeah. up, but I don't think she's a household name. Right. And so I I would encourage people to go check her out and see what she's doing and see how they can support her. Say her name again. Winona LaDuke. L- and we'll put the link to all this in the show notes. And to hear Ralph Nader's name, that's like history, ancient history in a way. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> way, way a blast from the past. And here's a name from the present, Kim Sutterth, who we had on our first episode regarding environmental justice. Kim gave a lot of great feedback. I mean, really made me think a lot more about what it means to be bigger than your body gives you credit for, stopping a pipeline, and there's still work to be done. One of the solutions that she mentioned was that there's a petition to stop the Mountain Valley Pipeline. There's a website uh, called www.cancelnvp.com. And that is not the, the most valuable player. <laughs> Which no. is you, we're not going to cancel you because you are the most valuable player in this game of countering all the isms. But the Mountain Valley Pipeline already has lawsuits against it. It's raised rates on customers. This is a gas line, y'all. It's under federal investigation and way over budget. What we do know, just based off of some of the the homework that we've read about it, is that it may jeopardize future plans that some of our lawmakers may have to help the environment. So you guys can go to cancelmvp.com and sort of take a look at more details on how you can get active, it has everything there where you can sign the petition, where you can, you know, join an organization to help campaign, write some letters about it, protest, and, and how you can use your social media to be a part of getting this pipeline canceled. This is not the first. They Mothers Out Front have already shut down one. This is another opportunity to be a part of something really big that, that supports environmental justice. It's good work, Hannah. And it, she said that it's, also mostly licked. So people have been fighting this and it's worked. These grassroots pushes to stop this big corporate moneyed interest has been successful. Mm. So I think that's that that's inspiring to me that these things can be stopped. Yeah, it feels like you're, you know, like I said, bigger than your body gives you credit for it. I think a lot of these, the undertaking of all the things for this, because the world is so big, take, puts on a lot. But when you put a hone in and take a single-minded focus on something like the Mountain Valley Pipeline and you see movement, I think it just ignites folks to keep doing things. So, like, do that thing. It's just one thing. <laughs> I signed that petition and it took me less than a minute. Oh, hey now. So, easy ask, you guys. Everybody <laughs> listening, go sign that petition. Mm-hmm. Look it up if you don't know about it. Educate yourself if you don't know. And then... Go ahead and sign. Go ahead and sign. Go ahead. And I think we're I think we're on the right track. I think people are just looking for if you're just looking for these these baby steps to betterment, this petition is just one. 
just one. There's a quote that that I saw about zero waste. So that's thinking about, there's actually a woman who put all of her trash for seven years into a mason jar. Mm. So her goal was to just, if you can think about what your waste looks like and how much waste you are generating and then reduce that. Imagine what that would be if that was magnified. But even if it's just you, just think about all the to- all the toothbrushes you're going to use in your lifetime, all the tubes of toothpaste you're going to use in your lifetime, and that that plastic that has been generated is never going to disappear. So if you think about that, then you it start making your eyes start opening when you go to the grocery store and you're buying things like, oh, how much of the stuff that I'm buying is just going to exist forever and be part of my footprint in the world. So there are uh, <laughs> solutions to this. But I'll say this. There's a quote that says, we don't need a handful of people doing zero waste perfectly. We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. And that was uh, by Anne-Marie Bonneau, me- who's a zero waste chef. Okay. As you're talking, I'm like, you like toothbrush, toothpaste. And I'm looking at this pen that I'm holding in my hand with all this plastic on it. Mm-hmm. goodness oh my goodness looking around the room like oh my gosh it just seems like so much so I would I'm gonna keep saying find one find something you can start with because like I simple swap yeah like toothbrush I don't know how I would do that but I feel like that's that's a low barrier of entry that I think I can take on I found a really good toothbrush that I like that's wooden uh-huh. and it's completely compostable. Okay. So that's going to break down at the end of its life cycle and it's really good. Sometimes it feels like when you're making these swaps, you've spent your life finding a toothbrush that makes sense for you yes. and works in your rhythm and so to jump outside of that. And there's so many there's so many different plastics in our lives. You can change anything and you'll already be taking a step toward reducing your plastic. So, I mean, if, if toothbrush is, you know, not going to work for you, find another plastic that'll work like for you pen. and you can do it. <laughs> find your, replace it. Yeah. So there are also, for us locally, there are two options that I'm aware of for zero waste stores. Mm-hmm. One is Go Less Than. So their website is golessthan.com mm-hmm. and they have locations in Norfolk and Virginia Beach. And the other is Echomaniac Company and they are echomaniac.org. And they do pop-ups, but they also have a stall in the Pembroke Mall. And so those are places where you can go, and they have lots of options. They're even doing, um, at Echomaniac, you can take your old hand sanitizer bottle mm-hmm. in and refill it there with hand sanitizer rather than buy a new bottle. So that's one. Each time you do that, it's just one thing that you haven't done again. Now, some of this stuff is a little pricier because you're buying you're buying something that's going to last you a lot longer. It's not disposable. So that might not be the step that everybody takes, but... It's something to think about, and it, it exists. And there are lots of places that have bulk sections, mm-hmm. so you can take your own jar from home. I, the best ones are those old jelly jars. You can just keep those and then take them in and fill them up with whatever What's item that? from the bulk, bulk rice or what? nuts or whatever. Not every, but not every place has a bulk bin section, but it's something to think about. Okay, so I'm going to check these stores out. See, these are places I had no idea about, Hannah. I'm going to definitely check this, especially with, like, rice and stuff, because I keep, we keep tons of rice, and we're always going to buy the big, bulky, like, to the International Mart, going to buy the big thing of rice, and 
That's mm-hmm. a whole production. And I would mm-hmm. imagine, hopefully, I don't know, I'm going to check it out and I'll have to follow up if it's more expensive to get or cheaper if I bring my own bottle. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, everybody has to kind of crunch the numbers and do what works. There was a while where I thought I was going to try and just use my bike to get everywhere. So I've got a, a little trailer for my kids and I had this big ambition that I was just going to bike around because there's your exercise. You're saving money because you're not spending gas. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, just for the stuff that I could do locally. But I live next to a really major street and it is not at all bike friendly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was after a couple of tries, I was like, this isn't safe. I'm not doing this. Yes, uh- But, you know, so... I'll try something else. Yes, and definitely we're getting into transportation here pretty soon. So Yeah, yeah. So we'll revisit that. And we're getting into food pretty soon too. And this all kind of connects back. And circling back to what we started with in the beginning about health, if you're eating fresh veg, a lot of that comes without plastic packaging. Depending on where you're depending on where you go. That's true. That is so true. Girl. Well, It's all connected. It's all connected. I think that environmental organizations and environmental justice is becoming more mainstream, right? And you're sort of kind of seeing organizations work together to sort of, I don't know if it's, what do we say? People spend their privilege, (laughs) spend your organizational privilege. I feel like environmental justice and environmental organizations are now becoming mainstream. And those two things together are starting to sort of work hand in hand. And as people say, like, spend your privilege, right? I think there's some organizational privilege that needs to be spent on this issue. It's the only way that some of these smaller movements, I think, are going to be able to scale and do bigger things. It's by organizations spending their privilege. And there is a article on this um, website called weact.org that has eight tips for organizations to get involved or to support environmental justice. It's everything from like providing tech assistance to how you do application processes and all the stuff in between. I mean, it's an important piece of the pie because the big guy swallows the small guy and the small guy keeps just churning, 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 churning and probably needs to scale. I mean, I guess ultimately those big companies are made up of individuals. So all it takes is one individual bringing it up because the other thing is, for example, take solar. There's a local woman who we will link who has been doing a lot of work to get nonprofits and local organizations to go solar. But ultimately, this return on investment is quite quick. So very soon you will see a drop in what you're having to spend as an organization on your energy output. And it's better for the environment. And it's kind of a cute look marketing wise to have done it. So there's it's a win, win, win. You're creating jobs. You are putting um energy into a sustainable and renewable resource and that particular organization i know makes sure that they do job training with people within that particular community that they're bringing the solar energy to so it's a understanding that as an organization not only can you combat environmental racism you can bring Mm -hmm. jobs you can you can bring skilled jobs like you can essentially be a part of the lifting, the uplifting of a community 
just by doing your mission mm-hmm. from a place with intent, right? With intent. So I think that's a that's a beautiful thing. And that can happen also with churches or schools. It's not only businesses. They're big buildings and they're full of people and it takes energy to heat them and to cool them and and they can save money. Who, you know, it's win win win. I like that you say that. It's win 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 win. <laughs> we all win. <laughs> We all win. But then on the flip side, you said businesses, which there are some little guys in business. Let's say you're a T-shirt shop, you know, that you're, or you're a printing company or whatever. However you look at it, climate justice, you know, environmental equity. I'm going to guarantee that this issue intersects with with what you're doing. And I make no mistake about it by saying that businesses play a huge role in addressing structural inequities, especially in low income communities and communities of color. And they that that those communities that are sort of carrying the load or bearing the brunt of all these different crises, crises, <laughs> especially climate again or environmental. Um, because again, I think my eyes, there's still layers being peeled back on my eyes about who did business in our community and how that affected the climate around it and all that good stuff. In that same vein, there's also an article from a website called Green Biz, like Green B-I-Z, that has five ways that businesses can take action to reduce environmental racism. So you're a small guy, what you want to do that it has simple things like, okay, I'm coming into a community or I have a space in a community. Maybe I can partner with the residents to bring an urban tree canopy. Like maybe I can like, how do I become a part of, of the, of the solution? And that sometimes requires you to have a relationship with the people in the communities to which you have your brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Go mm-hmm. figure. So you just said that with churches and schools and things like that. So like, mm-hmm. check it out. If you're a small boy or a big boy, I shouldn't say boy, huh? That's not um, neutral. If you're a small business or a big business, doesn't matter who you are, that you play a role in addressing these things. Yeah. So the one other thing that I wanted to mention is something that you might not think about that much, which is school buses. And it's just like you could just take any little piece of our our society and the way we are and kind of unpack it. And there's going to be some environmental justice in there. Mm-hmm. But school buses, for example, you can hold a white cloth on the end of an exhaust pipe and then hold it up and it will be completely darkened from the stuff that is coming at the emissions that are coming out of that bus. And that is right around our children who are breathing that in. So there's a big push that Mothers Out Front is doing to get your locality to turn over to electric school buses. So that's a big bus that is running a couple times a day on a very long route. And it may seem small, but I think sometimes, like we've said, if you can really wrap your mind around one thing that you can see to change all the way through be it toothbrushes, be it balloons, be it whatever little thing it is in your corner, you can make some small change. Mm. 
because ultimately we're all on this rock together and it's not affecting us all equally. That's mm. for sure. Right. But ultimately we all will be affected. Yeah. Most people know a young person in their lives and it is sure going to be impacting them and it is going to be impacting us, all of us. So what you going to do? Latch on to one of these dagum solutions. That's what you're going to do. Find one. Hannah, what is that toothbrush that you're using? Because I want to know that toothbrush. Well, you know, not great because actually I got this toothbrush through Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) not great. But um, I'm sure one of the places that I mentioned sells a toothbrush. But let me see. By Yen. I got my kids these toothbrushes, too, because, you know, kids kind of run through toothbrushes. Um, yeah, because they brush so daggum hard, and then the bristles go all crazy. All okay, the, the brand of toothbrush that I like is spelled V-A-I-R-E-O. V-A-I-R-E-O. Bamboo Echo-Friendly Wooden Toothbrush. Okay. You know, there's some of these swaps that work for you and some that might not and, you know. But for all these things, you really have to care a whole awful lot, to quote the Lorax. You have to really, really care yeah, to make any sort of change. And we've brought forward a lot of little things that are very low barrier to do. But in order for real change, we do need, we need a lot of people doing a little bit. And we need everyone to do a little bit more than they're already doing. Yeah, just a little bit more. All right. So I would say put your hand in. Go ahead, put your hand in. Like we about to do a go mm-hmm. team. Here we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. EJ on three. One, two, three. EJ! EJ. We got this. Do your thing. <laughs> We're in the little leagues, y'all. Yeah, we're in the movies. <laughs> and so we're coming at you next month with food. Yum, 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 yum. Food. All right, you've been listening to Your Neighbor's Hood. And as always, give us a like, a rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends, and join us on social. Stay open, stay curious, and make it a great day. Closer to history. Closer to history.